Welcome to episode 41 of They Think It's All Over, where if we don't make your Spotify 2022 playlist, you're not playing the app right. Welcome back to They Think It's All Over, the football shirt show. I'm Adrian, aka Football Shirt Hallier. This week, as usual, I'm joined by the man with the greatest buying collection around, Mike Footy Shirts, the man with the incredible Calcio Chelsea mix, Tom, the shirt fan, and the man with a box David Beckham sex doll, Flying Sky. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> All right. Just, um, just quickly, be, 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 before, before Scott addresses that, you mentioned Spotify at the start there. We're now in the 100 club on the ratings on Spotify. Whoop. I think that's pretty pretty good going for a teeny tiny little podcast like ours. Another forty nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand and ninety or whatever that is, and we could be on the front of a Barcelona shirt <laughs> if they stick this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give away the news though. How is everybody? All right, good. Still good. recovering from our weekend away last weekend, AD. What goes on tour stays on tour, Tom. We do have to tell people about the pigeon. I feel we we can talk about the pigeon bird <laughs> incident if you want. So we were in Como, as a lot of people may have seen. Uh, Dennis Wise's hospitality. We saw a great match, Fabregas as captain. But before that, we decided we'd go for a romantic little meal in a piazza in Como, Old Town. So I departed after feeling a little worse for wears from the night before. Just to go to the toilet, wet my whistle. As I came back through the restaurant, there was a mighty great pigeon sat in my pasta. AD trying to stab it with a fork. So there you go. Como pigeons, rough as fuck. I have to admit... My, the hangover updates were far better than the actual football updates. I was pissing myself the whole day. <laughs> they will never see the light of day. <laughs> it's, it, it is a shame my listeners don't have access to the WhatsApp group because some of those little videos were quite interesting. <laughs> These youngsters can't pace themselves, gents. <laughs> but he's returned safely, so that's the, that's the main thing. And hopefully he's he's washed his hands. Right, so let's move on to this week's news. Right, so ahead of the El Clasico last weekend, Barcelona announced a one-off sponsor. But was it a smash hit or was it top of the flops? So we were really cynical last week, or I was really cynical last week, about these horrendous varsity AC Milan jackets, which, just have a small update, they cost over three grand to buy. But I'm not going to be cynical about this Spotify-Barcelona link-up because I really like it. I think it looks good, despite the unfavourable comparisons to... Sheffield Wednesday or Oldham, but it's kind of harmless, right? It's not a betting sponsor. I don't remember the last time music ever harmed anyone particularly. And I think it's quite a cool bespoke detail on a shirt that's going to be worn in a big game, which will be worn in the Classico on Sunday, which will have been yesterday on the day this goes out. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a, a really great looking shirt. It's a, it's a link up that makes sense. Drake has a lot of heritage in football shirts, Famously wore the Juventus uh, pink shirt from a few years ago, which made that soar in value and made football shirts quite cool. So that makes a little bit of sense. And I don't know if anyone saw, but this shirt will be released commercially. And the, these these things are music to all of our ears, I'm sure. But it's going to be a limited run and it's going to have a special packaging and a special box. So I'm desperate to get hold of one. I I quite like it to be honest with you. I don't, I mean, as you say, it, it, there's been a mixed reaction from what I've seen on on Twitter and other social media platforms, or whatever. But I, I think 
my biggest thing with it is is a lot of people are, uh, are not too happy about it because you know different sponsors, limited runs, all these different versions of shirts and stuff. But one of the one of the shirts that people love is the Atletico Madrid one they did when they had that that deal with the film company. And I would be interested to know what people would have said about that at the time because you know it probably didn't go down that well when it when it first came out. Some of them look horrendous, but they're collectible now and and they look and they and they don't even I, I personally don't even think that some of them look particularly good whereas this is the first one we've had from this and i i quite like it i think it looks okay on there it certainly doesn't look out of place so you say it's a harmless sponsor at least it, it's definitely not a betting sponsor or any crypto shit it's actually you know it, it looks all right i think it's nice to see it come to fruition as well because despite um a certain twitter account claiming that they said at first everybody knew it was coming didn't they as soon as as soon as they announced spotify everybody was like will we see a variation of sponsors through it so it's you know and i think they've picked what was it 50 billion streams so i think they've picked a they've picked a big milestone and also it's it's a huge game as well i just hope that well i actually i i hope that barcelona fall foul to the curse of drake because isn't it Every shirt he wears, then <laughs> the team fault a bit, so they're probably going to get pumped. <laughs> I, I do quite like that with Drake as well because it does, you know, he he is kind of linked to football shirts as well. It's not like Taylor Swift being on the front of the shirt, you know. Yeah. There, there is a bit of history with him, so I like that as well. You wonder what's going to come next, though, don't you? Because it was it fifty million streams that he got on the front of the shirt. But what happens if everybody downloads George Michael over the next couple of weeks? Are they just going to go wham? Another front sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Baboom. <laughs> But Scott, it comes in a lovely box, I think, when it does go for sale. So uh, probably everybody's just wondering, is that one you're going to potentially be in the market for? Um, I think for me, it would if it's numbered, I'd probably be interested to look at it. But aside from that, I've never been a big Barcelona fan. So it, it does take a lot to make me purchase a Barca shirt, which is either a low price or anything to do with the, the real Ronaldo. So it's it's it might be unlikely that I go for this one. Promo shot looks like the stadium shirt as well. So I'd be interested to see that. the price. Of, yeah, if it's a stadium yeah, shirt. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll work for some. We'll um we'll see what happens there then. So I've called that little time out because we may have jumped the gun with this Barcelona news, and I have a little update for you since this pod was recorded. So it now seems that these might not be going on sale commercially. And what we've seen from thesportingnews.com is that this shirt may actually be raffled off as part of a competition for anyone who registers on Barcelona's site. So this may be the only way you can receive this shirt, but we'll keep you updated on future episodes. News from Germany, a team that released their fifth shirt of the season to celebrate the 60th anniversary of a stadium they haven't played at for 17 years. Mike, are you buying this or is it rotten? It's 50 years, by the way, just just to correct that. 50 no, years. That saves me a load of DMs, that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, the shit, right, to address the, the, the reason for it, yeah. So basically, this is the 50th anniversary of the Olympia Stadion in Munich. Um, so obviously, the the stadium was opened in '72 for the the Olympic Games, um, and then uh, Bayern Munich started playing in it where they played there until 2005. I do think the timing of this is a little bit strange. Um, the, the shirt itself, I really like it. Nice colours, colour scheme from those Olympics, inspired by the roof and everything. Yep, yep, great, whatever. But they played their first game there in. On June 28th, 1972, 
we're now in October. I mean, they they released the ten year shirt, which what must have been around that time. You know what? Do this one then. To do this shirt then as an actual anniversary celebration around the time that this this anniversary was. I think we're we're too, we're, in my opinion, we're too late for an anniversary to be to be celebrated now. But that said. There is also the fact that it's also the fifth shirt we've, they've they've released already. We won't go into that. But the shirt itself, I really like it. I think it's different. Um, it's not what you expect the Bayern shirt to be at all. Um, and it just, it, if as far as anniversary shirts go, it does what it should do for me because it, it's different from norm and it sticks out. So I do like it and I'm not going to lie, I will buy this one without a doubt. Is it going to be worn? Have they said anything about if it'll be in a game or not? Can't, I can't find any confirmation, but the one thing that Bayern are quite good at is usually they do wear their anniversary and their um, sort of like special kits. So if you go back over the years, the Parley, the um, uh, Human Race, the Oktoberfests, the 120-year anniversary, they, they've worn them all. So I, I think they will. Yeah, Adidas have listed that as as the fourth shirt, effectively, of Oktoberfest being the, being the fifth. So it's, that's how it's being sold anyway. I, I love it as well. I think it, I think it's the best out of the five. The name set's beautiful. So if I was going to pick any of them up, it would be this one. I was going to say, I prefer it to the Oktoberfest, definitely. Definitely prefer it to the Oktoberfest. I think that, like I say, obviously we, we shared it on the account. It, the, the name set is really good. I will buy it with a name set if they finally allow me to buy one with number 13 and Super Moting on the back. So little quick, quick, I'll do a quick quiz question for you. So obviously they moved out of the Olympic Stadion into the Allianz Arena in 2005. Who was the first player to score for Bayern Munich in that stadium? No idea. He didn't play for them. <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact that just for the people listening, Scott put his hand up to say no idea for that one. <laughs> was it Roy Mackay? It was not. Ah. I'll tell you, as a PI, your misery, you don't think you really care. It was Owen Hargreaves. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I love the little ah in unison from everybody there. That was good. Well, it's a nice link. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice link. It brings us back to the home shores. So, not that he saw much of it until he started playing football at uh, international level. But anyway, it brings us back to home shores, where in Newcastle, there's been another new release that's been the talk of the time. So, the first thing I'm going to say before I upset a very big and angry fan base is I, I think that the sh- I think aesthetically I quite like the shirt. I know it's a blackout shirt, but it's not completely they've got, you know, it's black and gray. So that, and the details are, it's more monochrome than it is blackout, <laughs> but it's, so it's a hundred Newcastle have released um, with Castore, the 130th anniversary shirt. Now, I'm I am I'm actually going to read this out because it's such a load of bollocks. <laughs> Everything that's in the blurb is is utter shite. Bit in with the rest so, of the pod, gone. Yeah. So it's available at um the Newcastle store and Castore, and this is what they have said. Introducing Castore's limited edition. Now we know they don't do limited edition because they just make as many as they want because they want the money. Newcastle 130 year anniversary shirt. Since 1892, the club football has been the lifeblood of the city of Newcastle and adored by fans around the world. The Newcastle shirt has been worn by local lads dreaming big, international icons, last-minute heroes and fan favourites, with the 130th anniversary shirt paying homage to all those special players and moments throughout the history of the football club. So I'm not finished yet. I'm just going to pause there 
does do any of you guys can you see the link between a black and grey shirt to local lads, uh, heroes, and last minute goals to win zero trophies? <laughs> yeah, not yet. Keep reading. This is my favourite part now, right? The famous club crest sits at the heart of the limited edition shirt, symbolising the passion, the love and connection between club, player and supporters. Better never stops. So the best bit about that statement is the fucking crest doesn't sit over the heart because it's in the middle of the shirt. It actually sits over the sternum. So, I don't. I mean, have you have you ever heard such a load of bollocks for a shirt release ever? <laughs> I was ending myself when I was reading it to to for my uh, selection of news item, but yeah, and I don't even know if they're wearing a game. Nowhere's confirmed if it's even going to be worn. So it's the, it is absolute dross, isn't it? And I I don't really like the shirt much either. To be honest with you, I think it looks it looks almost like one of them sort of like weird um, like fan shirts that you, you like bootlegs that you see with the sort of like those, that like shadow pattern of the, the, the crest one, all yeah. over it. It reminds me of those England bootlegs that you always see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, so I don't really like the shirt very much. I mean, whether they're wear it or not, who knows? Cause Castoria have done a few shirts for the, the clubs they've had that weren't worn. Cause I think they did a Rangers one that was only worn in like a charity match as well or something. Yeah, the, the only the only small clue that I think that they might wear it is that there's a replica and a pro version available. So if it was just a fan shirt, I'm not sure that they would make a pro, but but it's not being confirmed. And just um, to make everybody's eyes water, it's 105 Great British Pounds for the pro version of that shirt. I'd love to know the difference between a replica and a pro version Castore, but I don't think anyone's got one. I actually, I did do a little bit of reconnaissance with this one. Um, on my last trip to Villa Park, I thought I would call into the club shop and have a look at the difference between the um, stadiums and the pros. And the difference is ventilation holes. And that is fucking it. There, wow. the, the, the badges are the, the mold. The badges, badges are all the same. Yeah, I, I could barely notice any difference. Wow. They'll probably come out with some shite about the weight being different and the, the fab. Do you know what? looking at it for me myself if if i was going to because the one thing i will say credit where it's due the quality of the castori kits that i saw when i went to have a look at them available were better than what i'd seen on other castori shirts they felt nice in hand um the badges were nice the embroidery for for the the logo was okay so you know credit where it's due it, they don't look too bad but for me i would never pay the extra for a pro version on on these especially on villa if it's going to be the same the newcastle because there was not enough difference i'm not paying an extra 35 40 quid whatever it is for ventilation holes in the side which make the shirt look shit as well you know what you need to do just buy yourself a hole punch get the replica you saw it (laughs) (laughs) there we go we all like something that feels nice in our hand though so that's something we all got in common and take away from this right that wraps up this week's news let's move on to kit history kid history kid history we haven't made it up kid history Kid History, we read it on Wikipedia. So in honour of this week's guest, I thought I'd go north of the border again. I think that's two weeks in a row now. And we would go to Dundee United. 
So Dundee United were formed in 1909 as Dundee Hibernian. Like other clubs with a similar heritage, Atera started out wearing green and white. Um, but at some point before becoming Dundee United in 1923, they switched to white shirts and black shorts. Then, in 1967, they were invited to take part in the NASL, which, for anybody who doesn't know, is the North American Soccer League. And this happens during the summer, so they get to do it in the off-season. They played under a different name, so they played as the Dallas Tornado. And the colours they wore were Columbia Blue and Burnt Orange. So they did it for a couple of years, but then after two years, after a little bit of persuading from his wife... In 1969, manager Jerry Kerr decided to bring the colours back to Dundee, uh, but he did switch the blue to black to not clash with the city rivals. So the new colour colours were first worn in 1969 in pre-season in a friendly against Everton, and that's how they came. That, that's that's how they came to to get that colour. And I had a little look as well, just for anybody interested. There were actually a few English clubs that used to go and play in the NASL back in the 60s as well. So for anyone who cares, Stoke also used to do it and they were called the Cleveland Stokers. Wolves were the Los Angeles Wolves. Sunderland were the Vancouver Royal Canadians. And Aberdeen were the Washington Whips. So you had the Washington Whips and the Washington Dips. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Actually, <laughs> that's, the, that's the best derby of all time. <laughs> but I, I thought, like, obviously, I, I did. I did the kit history because because of the feature that we got this week, I thought it'd be a good one. And then I couldn't believe my luck when I started reading up on it and seeing. That, I mean, seriously, to go and play in the NASL and bring that kit back, and it, as I say, because his wife persuaded him, he should as well. But what a great story! That wraps up another great kit history. Let's move on to that Dundee United related feature. Here we go. Every week we try and bring you a special feature around football shirts. We've had designers, we've had journalists, we've had collectors, we've had club focuses. But one perspective that we haven't had yet is that of a professional footballer. So this week, we're really pleased to introduce to the pod a man who's racked up over 400 senior appearances. He's played in cup finals, he's played in European competition for Dundee United, and south of the border, he's captained teams like Swindon Town and Leighton Orient. Welcome to the pod, Craig Easton. Thanks for having me. Um, 500 appearances, but thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I just love talking about football shots, takes you back to your childhood and... um, what you guys do, I've been really enjoying it. No, it's, it's just great, you know, reminiscing growing up and, and buying football shirts and collecting them. Or not even realising you're collecting them, just, just buying them to go out and play and, and play football and it's brilliant. I think that's probably what got most of us into collecting as adults. It's those emotions and those feelings, about trying to emulate all those amazing players that you saw in those kits when you grew up. But Craig, it's a little bit different for you because you actually went on to become a player. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was I was just the same as everybody else. I was like growing up, I had that West Germany kit. I was Lothar Matthias when I was up the park with my mates. That was 1990 World Cup. It was just, I remember I had a sweatband and it was like the Germany flag and I used to pull that right up. Kid on, I was a skipper. Kid on, I was Matthias. Running about up the park and then it was just like, you know, you, you put those those shots on. I've got a Denmark one there behind me. I bought that one and the run up to 1992. And I just thought Denmark were kind of a random team in that championship. They, they shouldn't have been there. I loved the kit. It was Hummel. Airdrie had just come out with the Hummel strip as well. And um, I thought, yeah, love that. 
Uh, I bought that one and, and it was it was running about. You were Fleming Poulsen, you were Brian Wildrop, and it was just that that's the memories, isn't it? That's what you that's what you did when you were growing up. Running about Kinona with Brian Wildrop and then I think it was six years later I was playing against him, which is it just blows it just blows my mind, you know. And that's crazy. It was cool. I was, I'm saying I was playing. I was kind of running about after him. <laughs> <laughs> he hit the ball most of the time. <laughs> Having been a fan, like you said, from a young age, yeah. and then you've you've made it. You're now a professional footballer. Do you remember the first time you ever put a kit on and it, that was it? You were a professional. That's a great question. That's a brilliant question. Yeah, I do. I mean. Growing up, like, I started getting involved with Dundee United and then I remember just because Dundee United when we were under 13s, 14s, 15s, they would always get the kits of maybe three, four, five seasons ago, you know, they mm. handed down almost to the, the youth teams and I remember putting on this tangerine and black kit properly to play for Dundee United and I'm going, wow, I used to watch these, like, play against the Airdrie or Rangers or whoever and I remember the Asics one we used to put on um, we had that one that was a cracker and then we actually had the you know what have you ever saw, seen the Jackson Polk away kit black and white sort of paint yeah. spatter yeah so we had that one as our under 16 away kit and we wore it all the time it was brilliant and we loved that um, so I can remember wearing those ones and then as you say when I got into the first team when I was like 16, 17 you know the first time getting into that dressing room and putting on a, a proper tangerine and black Pony shirt. In fact, I've got it over there sitting up. Uh, it's, it's not made it on the wall behind me, but that one, it was just like an amazing feeling. And, it, you know, I, I think the Dundee United kit itself is special because it's, you know, it's tangled in black. It's so, um, it's so recognisable. It's every kit fan's dream, isn't it? That's, you know, we're all kit geeks, but none of us have been professional footballers. Whereas you, you had the privilege of being a kit geek and being a professional and being around it and in the industry. Well, do you know what? It's funny, like, I'm, myself and my brother, we kind of went to watch Rangers with my, when I was younger and my dad took us to Ibrox and we had the Rangers strips. But I ended up being a, an Airdrie fan because it got too expensive for my dad to take us to Ibrox. So I started going to Airdrie, a local club, and it was season ticket holder from about the age of 10. And it was home and away on the buses and everything. And my brother was the same. And we, we ended up having the strips, uh, the diamonds. And my brother ended up playing for Airdrie. So he actually has got, <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? That my brother, you know, we were Airdrie fans, my brother ends up wearing diamonds and he's got a few match worn. I think there's a Cox Sportif one and stuff like that and match winner ones, I think maybe. But, you know, that was pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't get it, get to pull it on properly. But, you know, just just these memories and, and watching him playing for Airdrie as well at times, it's, it's great. That Airdrie Hummel kit, for anybody who's not seen it, it's absolutely iconic. We'll share a picture of it. How are we describing it? It's like diamond colour, isn't it? It's got like a diamond V down the shirt. Definitely diamond because it goes front and back. You know, some some people think it's just a V, but it's a, it's because it's Airdrie or the diamonds and it goes... So it's, so it's pretty special, pretty iconic. I remember um, my uncle had Sabuto and he actually he had the, the, the Airdrie Sabuto team and it was great, you know, just a white mm. with a bit of diamond. That one's a bit... The Hummel got like a wallpaper sort of thing going on with this one. But <laughs> you, yeah, you, and it's, I don't know, some people don't like it because of that, but I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. But 
because um, it was a bit different because it was always just white with a red diamond. So you spoke about the first kit you wore, but what's it like for players when new kits come out? Because as fans, we get incredibly excited as soon as we see any leaked pictures or pictures appear online. But what was it like for players? Did you get excited by the new kits? Absolutely. I mean, we used to think, right, what's it going to be next season? And then sometimes you get a wee preview coming towards the end of the season. Um, sometimes the commercial team would come to you and say, what do you think? This is what, this is what we're thinking about for next season. All the boys would be, honestly, you'd be all round the desk and say, oh, that's no bad. Or you'd maybe think, oh, what about that one? And honestly, you get right involved in it. And um yeah, so it was, it was quite exciting. And then obviously the, 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 the photo shoots for the new kit. And um, I've been involved in some <laughs> uh, interesting photo shoots. I, I, honestly, I'll try and get a couple of pictures of them and, and send you. I think you'll, think you'll enjoy them. But um, You can't leave it there. Come on, what's the most weird thing you've had to do in a photo shoot? There was one that we'd done the United. It was a, it was a really nice kit we brought out. Um, I think it was TFG. And it was myself and Stephen Thompson. I think we must only have been about maybe 18 at the time. And at the time, we, we had to get the photo taken with two models. And you're thinking, all right, okay. Two, two models are coming up. Um, but they, they were quite old. See, <laughs> 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 when you look back in the photo, it was like they were, it's like they're kids. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I apologise to the models. But, but honestly, it was like, that one was quite random. Um, and then, you know, I think Swindon Town done one. I, I don't know if you remember it. Maybe it was in 442 and we were all kind of dotted about the... It was when we got the Adidas kit and we were dotted about the stand with Danny Wilson and there was a few players in there. And that was like a proper serious one for 442. But then you got Lee Peacock in the background giving it all that. You think somebody <laughs> it's not so serious. it was just, yeah, sums up peaks. So, um, no, nah, it, was, it was good fun. You'd always have a bit of fun with it, do you know what I mean? But... Yeah, we used to really look forward to. You'd always look forward to what the brand was going to be as well, mm. you know, because then you knew what kind of training kit you'd be getting. See, I loved Lotto. I thought the Lotto kits were the same. I know people don't like the one that I played in with the um, what was the sponsor? It was like the maple leaf on the front. Yeah, Kingswood Construction. They went bust. But that Swinner shirt for anybody who's not seen it was just iconic because it's the same template that. Uh, Ukraine had it and Palermo had it as well, didn't they? That's right, yeah. And I, and I quite liked that one. Um, but then the next one was probably a better fit. It was a nicer, it was maybe a nicer, a nicer kit. It was a lot again the season after. And um, we had made the 442 sponsor across the front. I had a pair of lot of shorts. I remember wearing the shorts and they were really good. But um, then, the ne- then we got Adidas. I felt that was a bit kind of off the peg not really anything special it was kind of Adidas template yeah, right. yeah. but it was I thought the lot of ones were better and, but the Adidas training gear was brilliant like we would yeah. get we would get great training training stuff I mean we, we got inundated with that and yeah that was good but there's quite a funny story with the lot of kits this, the second season um, we went to Austria on tour and um, we didn't have the Proper, we didn't have the kits, the kits hadn't arrived from Lotto, so we had to wear our Lotto training gear against Fernabachi. And um, so we're all going out just with our numbers in the front, number eight, whatever. And um, we're playing against Fernabachi, obviously. Roberto Carlos, he's in the team, Alex, oh, it's wild. And, and obviously, Coxie goes and scores that wonder goal. But um, we, drew, we drew one each with them. I don't know if they were out of second gear right enough, but. 
you know, we, we played well that night. And after the game, all, we're trying to, we're thinking, right, <laughs> let's go and um, try and swap shots. <laughs> and I remember, you even get real shots. <laughs> and they were going on your way. And, and their kit man, Roger, legend, absolute legend of a kit man, he's running about going mental, going, you can't swap them. We're training tomorrow morning. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I don't know if the players actually knew, but at the time the game's actually been streamed live on, uh, shown live on Turkish TV as well. So it wasn't even a behind closed door friendly that you weren't wearing a kitty, and it was it was getting shown in front of hundreds and thousands of people. No, it was like the fact the crowd was incredible. The amount uh, I think we played it in Germany just over the border from Austria. I think we just played it right over the border, and the amount of Turkish fans that were there was incredible. Um, the atmosphere was brilliant. Like I said, we, we did really well in the game and Colts scores one of the best goals I've ever seen, live or whatever. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're all rushing about trying to get Roberto Carlos' top. <laughs> it's just not happening. You didn't even get a shirt. No. Do you know what? I don't know. I think Billy Painter probably did. We're yet to find a kit man that's not stingy with the equipment either. It's every single one of them. They're like storesmen, aren't they? They just don't give anything up. Unbelievable. See when, see when boys used to like swap shots. You'd have, listen, see most clubs back in the day, we would be like, you'd get two home shots and two away, and, and you'd always need one for your sponsor, because your sponsor got, whoever sponsored your shot got it at the end of the season. So you weren't really, you didn't have much leeway in terms of keeping a shot or giving one away or swapping. Not like there is now. And if anybody did, it would be like, right, Monday morning, you're going into a club shop and you're buying one. <laughs> so. Some of the boys did do that, and, and, and he did do that now and again, but um, now they're like, kit men were notorious for uh, going crazy and, and, and looking after, I suppose, that, that, that's their job, they're proud of what they do, and, mm. and uh, it's, it's their babies, you know what I mean? Well, that was that was going to be one of my questions as well. Is in, so everybody knows about swapping shirts, so you can get shirts by swapping, but how did it go if you wanted to keep your own shirt? So if you'd had a good game or a hat trick or something and you wanted to keep your own shirt, how easy was that to negotiate? You could do it. Like I said, you maybe need to go and buy one. You'd actually maybe need to go and buy one if you kept it. But um, like near, at the end of the season, you always got one for yourself. One for yourself and one for your sponsor. So the kit man would always make sure you had at least a home one, but normally you would get a home away and a third. And you get the shots as well because they had no use for them. But like with the international stuff, like with under twenty ones and under eighteens and all that, um, you got one for every game, and it was just your choice whether you swapped it or not. Yeah, and looking back, I probably wish I'd swapped more because I've got loads of Scotland ones, and 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 I always really loved having my Scotland ones, and and I used to keep them sometimes and just like give them away and give them to my family for giving to a family member or a close friend or somebody that's you know maybe done something for me or meant, meant a lot to me or whatever and um, I'd like to do that with them but looking back I wish I'd maybe swapped a few more but I would always be raging at the end of the game and like pure like I'm not swapping with him he's been diving about all game you know like, I'd, <laughs> you know stupid I'd have the head on going nah, nah I'm not swapping with these these were, these were cheating us and that and I'd just be like nah I'm keeping my Scotland shirt so I've probably not got as many um as I, have, as I could have had in terms of other ones, but I've got some like nice Holland one. I've got a nice Holland one. I think I've got a Croatia one somewhere. That Italy one, which we played in Italy um, when the 
big team when the first team went over to play San Marino and we played we played Italy and um, that was a we got battered 4 0. We were 0 0 at half time and then it was 4 0 the second half and I was you know, I was I was playing the midfield against Piero and Gattuso. But that isn't either That's that amazing. Yeah, that was a that was a team. That was a really tough, tough, uh, tough game that one. One of our favourite tweets of yours was when somebody was tweeting about the Italy shirts and you'd tweeted a picture of a shirt that you'd swapped and there was, was some one? absolute know-it-all that had come yeah. on the thread <laughs> and was trying to tell you that the shirt was wrong. I didn't know because I didn't realise it's Nike, but it's not got a Nike sign on it. And I didn't, I didn't, I, I genuinely was, was interested because I didn't understand why international teams didn't have the the make on the shirt until a, until a certain time. Was it? Was that? Am I correct there? I don't know. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was 2002. Yeah, Kappa were the first ever Italian shirt to have a visible brand. Yeah. I, I was really interested because I, I thought it was maybe something to do with when they were just on the change from Diodora into Nike or something. I, I didn't know if it was like, and it was like they just made one that they couldn't buy up. But I, I, no, listen, that one, I love that one because, you know, that although we get beat 4 now in the game, I just, I just like it. It's a nice shot. Have you had any shirts that you've, so you've played against somebody and maybe not had a chance to swap and you've, and you've gone and bought a replica for your collection. So you've, mm. Uh, no, I've never. I don't think I've ever done that. But like, there's been so many international shots that I, I wish I'd played against teams, and, and you've been thinking, oh, I wish I'd, you know, wish I'd played against them and, and, and got that one. I, I love those Nigeria ones. Um, never had a chance to sort of play. I think they played against Norway, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd swapped that day. Uh, that's one that I, I wish I'd. That, um, I, I wish I had a swap. We, we, we played in Norway in a tournament, and I didn't get one. I look back on it now and I think, oh, that was a cracker as well. My brother's actually got the Adidas one, you know, one with the three stripes up each side. Mm. And there was one similar to that, and I, I, wish, I'd, I wish I'd probably swap for that. But, no, I mean, the, this Dortmund one, there, there are shirts that I'm going by, and then I think, oh, I should have bought another one. This one near, was nearly, um, this was a decision between Fiorentina, the seven-up sponsor one, so just for listeners, so it's the is it ninety four yeah. Ramberg Dortmund with the football yeah. ball sleeve stretched out, yeah, 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 it's that one. So I, you know, I love this one, and, and it was um, went into the shop and grief sports from Glasgow and Intersport, and I, and I went and I remember going. I was always thinking, did I get Fiorentina? Because I love Fiorentina at the time. Backstreet Italian football was brilliant at that time. Also, always like Dortmund had a soft spot for him, and it was mainly because of the shirts. Because who else was wearing neon shirts? So I was like, went in, and I was like, oh man! I remember standing, going, and it was just, and I went for this one, and I've kind of always wondered. I've always wondered. I actually nearly got. Remember the white one, the controversial one? Yeah. You know <laughs> the one that was banned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I nearly got that one, but it was either that one. That, the, the the violet one or this and I went I went with it I went with this and I just used to love wearing this one this was one of my favourite so talk about kits you like then so and then you talk about kits from a manufacturing perspective and training wear but because you bought so many kits you know across that career yeah what are you, what are the highlights what are your favourite kits that you were lucky enough to wear 
Well, I, I like that that pony Dundee United one. When I go back and wear those pony ones, I, th- I think those those are really underrated kits. I don't know what you guys think about, about pony as a manufacturer, but the stuff we had from pony was, was brilliant. They they had some proper like now that you look at them looking back, they had some proper nineties kits, didn't they? And they were they were just the designs of them. They were they were bold and brash and. And I think that when you think nostalgia, I think they fit in really well. And for me, because they've kind of died away now and, and you know, they don't produce kits anymore, I think that makes them even more collectible because yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of an off-brand for the modern era. You know, a lot of the younger fans won't have even have heard of the brand, probably. I, I think that when you see those kits and they are, like, we're talking about them being baggy back in the day, they suit being baggy. They've always had a shadow pattern in them, like... The one with Dundee United, I'm, I'm, I wish I could show it, but maybe got a photo of it for you. I just love it. It's, it's almost like a sort of tigery flame sort of, but it's, it's just in, in, in the material. And the training kit's great. I mean, I, I saw a photo quite recently of even the manager, Tommy McLean, on the sideline with this big, massive bag. He was a tiny wee guy anyway, but big, massive, baggy pony T-shirt, big, baggy, like, um, tracky bottoms on. And it just... It just suits that. It, it just looks so good, and you know. And, and back in the day, you never thought anything of it. You look and bang it down, it looks even better. And I just think the Tony brand sort of suits that sort of style. Probably yeah, those high- massive jackets as well, didn't they? The, the bench huge jackets bench were huge. We actually had the big suits as well. You know, the walk. It was almost like a big sleeping bag suit, and you, you kind of zipped yourself in it if you were on the bench. It was brilliant. Although you didn't want to go on the bench, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean that was. Then, then you move on, and those Umbro kits from Scotland all the way through for me were like put some, some crackers in there. The Tartan one's a good one, but um, just all the ones right up to you know, I think I think I ended up playing in Fila as well for Scotland, but um, mm. the Umbro ones were I loved Umbro. Um, I always had a soft spot for Umbro from their Liverpool kits because that was my first ever shirt that I had as a boy, it was a Umbro Liverpool Hitachi. Um, sort of nipple burner fabric <laughs> um, but those Umbro ones are good for Scotland and then, and then when I played I think I go back to those Lotto ones at, at, at Swindon um, and, and, I, and I really enjoyed wearing them but yeah I, I just think some of those those tartan Umbro uh, Scotland jerseys are, are incredible and even as an Englishman I can admit that <laughs> do you know what you just it's not just the fact that it was Tartan. You've got the fact that you represent your country. You've got the badge on it, and it's Tartan. It's just it was just brilliant to be part of that, and it was a real privilege. Um, I've actually got an, an, an Umbro one hanging up the other side of my room, and it's an England one that I swapped. Under 18s, I think we played them over in a tournament. I don't know if they were in our group, and we were in too long, and I swapped it. I think it's John Curtis's. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so that was that. That's a, that's a really nice one. Long sleeved as well, and, and the material on that's really good as well. But that is that's the Euro '96 one for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't think about that one. Yeah, yeah you got the t-shirts. <laughs> there, you got the Colin Andrews shirt and the Gasser shirt. He sat down in. So um, okay, okay. <laughs> and I've I've got a McAllister shirt. He missed the bloody penalty. <laughs> Not oh. the match worn though. Just the, I've got the I've got a replica, but it's got the Euro '96 patches and his name set on it. <laughs> Man, see, look, you don't even need me here. You do it to yourselselves. So you don't even need me here. <laughs> You're right. You're right.
it's foolproof, isn't it? The designers have the national, you know, a national pattern that makes the shirt unique, and they they just tend to kind of shy away from it. And I, I don't know why. Did you not think Umbro did it really well in terms of how Umbro's the partnership with Scotland over the years? Like I, I go back to I think it's the 1990 World Cup shirt, um, and that one's just got the wee hint of the pattern on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think maybe yeah. around there, in the collar. Um, and I, my brother had the home one. I had the away one, you know, the white one with the yellow and the and the blue. The sort yeah. of oh man, they were they were good shots. I'm going back to one that I really enjoyed wearing. It was a wee bit because um, I think they went back. It was a nice wee touch from late morning. The, the second season I was there, they, they brought there's a, there's a famous kit from I think it's the seventies, and it was called the Braces. And I don't know if it was an admiral kit, and it went like it was like white and it balled down onto the shorts, and they reissued. Oh yeah, they, yeah, uh, it was like they did it with Coventry and that as well, didn't they? Yes, yes, yes. So we're two thousand and six, two thousand and seven kit for late morning. Kind of was a throwback to that. It was made by Van Denel, not a massive supplier of that, but really nice fitting kit. Um, it was a bit smaller than the one we, we wore the season before, but um, it actually, you know, it was it looked pretty smart, you know, and it was nice to sort of touch for the seventies. Some of the great players in the seventies that wore them. And, uh, yeah, I like that when they do that. I like it when clubs are going back into that, going looking back to see and, and getting inspiration from from past kits, I really, I really think that's, I, th- I think that's interesting. It, it doesn't need to be a total replica, but just incorporating something, do you know what I mean? I think that's quite clever, and I like it. So he talks about the kits that you like, I'll phrase this nicely, which were your, the kits that you, you didn't like as much, because you wore, I'm just looking for the brands you wore, so you, you started off with, Pony, Pony, yeah, Pony, yeah, TFG, you mentioned Van Dano, you'd have had, you'd have had Adidas, Puma, that, right, okay, Puma, I think you wore at one point, Sunday yeah. Kyle at Torquay, was it? Aye. And then South End. Nike at South End was really nice. Like, that was that one was um, just pretty plain. Navy blue, nothing nothing really that stands out, but it was just a nice nice cat, nice feel about it. Um, I think we had a pink away shot at the end, tail end of the season, or a third shot, and they tried to bump the sails up, and it was terrible. It was awful. Hated wearing that. I don't know they wore it twice, but it was it was terrible. Um, and then what else? The, the Zara one from Livingston was actually quite nice. Um, but the the, the Sondico one at Torquay, I thought was was wasn't probably the, the most exciting thing. I've saw I saw a few different Torquay United shirts, and some of them are quite quite smart with the yellow and blue. But I think you could go almost like a Boca Juniors sort of route with those. You could get away with it. I, d- I didn't think that Sondico one was that great. No, I mean, listen, the train stuff from Sondico was great. Like, again, like, maybe the kit wasn't the, the, the most stunning kit, but the, the training gear was really smart and it wasn't the worst supplier. But I think probably the worst one was that South End away, or South End's third one that was pink. I was, I was terrible. I've got some random questions just because I'm talking to you, so I can ask mm. you these are proper random questions, right? Talks about the tangerine kit at yep. Dundee. Obviously, really bright Dundee United tangerine kit. Is it true that Paul Sturrock tried to get a tangerine kit for Swindon and he did get a tangerine right. kit for Plymouth Argyle just because... Got a tangerine kit for Plymouth Argyle and he painted his office in Swindon tangerine. He, he just, he loved, he loved Dundee United. He was a, he was a, he's a legend there. And um, yeah, he did get a tangerine kit for Plymouth as a relay shot. 
but I think he was trying for Swindon. It didn't, it didn't happen. And then I think he, he was only there um, a few months after I signed. Actually, he signed me, and then he, and then he left back to Plymouth. But um, yeah, he was, paint, he was trying to paint his office tangerine and stuff like that. And yeah, he's he's eccentric, you know. Yeah, that's what he's like. And um, he's he's a funny guy. He used to he used to turn up Austria with. Um, a cowboy hat on and stuff like that and at training <laughs> so uh, you know what he, he was a character and I enjoyed playing for him he was a good manager uh, I just wish he'd sort of hung about a wee bit longer at Swindon it was just unfortunate I think I think if it had been anyone else apart from Plymouth that had offered him a job he'd probably went to left Swindon because he really enjoyed it there but he really was, he had a, a lot of success with Plymouth the first time and I think that was the only club that was going to sort of take some away from there and, and, and he did, maybe Dundee United again but I don't know if he did have done that again but yeah he went back down to Plymouth and he enjoys it down there you know he enjoys it down that part of the world Did you play for him somewhere else as well? Did you play for him a few times? Uh, I ended up playing for him at South End as well oh, That was it Yeah, yeah. We couldn't get away from each other <laughs> I don't know who was more stupid, him signing me again or me signing for him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was good. Enjoyed it. I suppose an interesting take, uh, you know, something that I've picked up just from this conversation is that the big difference I can see between a professional footballer and a kit collector is that, like you said, the training wear is so important to you guys because that's what you live in most of the time. You know, you might, twice a week, you might throw the kit on, but that's obviously a huge part for you is that, the manufacturer comes with something that's good for you to to go to work every day. In. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's that saying: if you if you look good, if you feel good, you know, you're maybe going to play a wee bit better as well. I don't know. Um, you turn up at training and you and you you get a nice you know a nice set of training kit. You put it on and you're ready to go. Um, something in that. Got to be. And then and then on a Saturday as well. Like, there's no better feeling than a Saturday when you've been building your whole week up to playing that there's something special about that bit and that, those moments in the gesture. I and mean, this is the thing you miss when you stop playing and you'll never forget I'm getting I'm getting uh, hairs in the back of my, well, no many hairs, but <laughs> you know, I'm getting the goosebumps thinking about it because it's that wee bit in the changing room when you're, and I always used to put my, my shirt on last. Um, it wasn't really a superstition, but kind of just liked having an order, a sequence about how I got ready, and it became set in nature, and I didn't even think about it. And I used to put on, um, so it was like, started, obviously, my pants. (laughs) (laughs) My right tubey grip, so your tubey grip used to keep your sin guards in place, so right tubey grip, left tubey grip, um, shorts, right sock, left sock, right shin guard, left shin guard, and then last thing before I went out was my shirt and as soon as you put your shirt on you just were ready to go honestly it was like I, it's hard to explain it to you but you can probably see my face I'm like just buzzing about that because it was just the last part and your, your strip's fresh it's ready to go and you're just putting it on and, and you know that's game time and and you're ready to go and, and I, you know I, I like tucking my shirt in maybe during the game it come out and it was fine because you're, you're in the game but you know, I like I like talking it in. My dad always wanted me to kind of look smart and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I, I looked at kind of guys. Even Maradona tucked his shirt in. You know, and Matthias tucked uh, tucked his shirt in. So I was I was kind of old school at like that. And so that was you. You're ready to go. Best feeling in the world, man. 
I don't think that counts as superstition. I think that's just about the psyche of getting yourself prepared and getting yourself ready. Mm. We always ask if you could see any player in any shirt, what would you go for? But you were a player already, so we can keep this very nice and simple. If you could have worn any shirt, which would it have been? Um, well, I, I had Liverpool shirts, right? So I had the Hitachi one, and I had the Crown Paints yellow one. I had the Crown Paints silver one. I just wore, I think I had this candy one as well. And um, I just wish I'd been able to wear a Liverpool shirt proper. Like, that was my dream to play for Liverpool. Um, and my first shirt was the Hitachi one. My mum sewed a, a number seven on it, Kenny Dugleish. Um mm-hmm. And he was my favourite player. Um, and just, you know, I never get a chance to, I never obviously wore that. That that would be the one that I would have. Uh, yeah, any Liverpool shirt, I don't even care what it would have been. But those, some of those Adidas ones in the 90s were incredible, the, the equipment ones. Um, but the Umbro ones back in the day, with the even the pinstripe ones that they were they were smart with the crown paints. That that was the ones that I really enjoyed wearing as a kid. Um and and I was lucky enough when I broke into the first team, my squad number was number seven. And obviously obviously later on it changed to number eight. I was more than number eight anyway. But at the start I was kind of more of attacking midfielder, maybe a wee bit of right wing, left wing sometimes. So number seven and I was just like, oh can you believe that I was the same number as Kenny Douglas? And, not nowhere than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good how things like give you a lift as well, though, you know. Like, <laughs> I did. I mean, I just loved Kenny the way she was brilliant. I used to watch what videos of him all the time. And, and my dad took me to see him. Um, I remember taking me to Hamden um, to see him play. And oh, just, just brilliant to be watching him live and stuff like that. And yeah, absolute hero of me. So everybody's everybody kind of expects a shirt swap internationally, don't they? So yeah. what is what is the is there the same kind of expectation, or is it more difficult to do it at club level? Because thinking about your, I mean, your time at Dundee United, the, the the Scottish league at that time was incredibly competitive, and the and the players you had in the league at the time, like you said, coming up against the, you know Loudrops and Gazas and Larsons. I mean, the players you must have played against would have been incredible. I've not got any. I've not got any like opposition shots. You didn't do it, and never really happened. I mean, it would need to be like a random. I don't know, trying to get Gaza and get get him to get your shot. It'd have been brilliant, but maybe it happened very very rarely. But um, I've not got anyone that I played against in club level. International level, yeah, yeah. Mm. Club level, it didn't really happen. Even later on, because you scored a famous FA Cup goal, didn't you, against um, Fulham when they were in the Premier League? You knocked Fulham. I did. No, yeah. You you went tempted to go and. No, and do you know what? It's like. No, but Adrian, it's kind of like, see when you have a good game or something, and when when I've maybe had a. (laughs) Not very often, but I've had a good game, and, and something happened in that game that I thought was memorable. Then I would want my own shot. Mm. That was the way I kind of, and same if it was with Scotland or whatever, and I'm thinking, well, we beat them, and that was a good result. And, you know, I'll keep that one because, you know, that reminds me of that. Um, I don't know, just kind of like that. But, you know, going back to it, I don't think you really, you didn't really swap at Cobweather for some reason. And and, and I see it all the time now. But we did, like, Scott, for for your question in terms of the UEFA. We played in the UEFA Cup against um, a team called CE Principat from Andorra. And mm. I thought 
earshots up in the I've got one of the earshots in the cupboard and it's a Royce one you know oh Royce. nice yeah totally random blue long sleeve um, and we must have swapped to them because that was quite a it was, it was like I remember going to Andorra and it was like it was mental just going and playing there but uh, yeah we, we did swap with that we, we also played Chad Zonspor in Turkey and I, we didn't swap then because I think we were just trying to get out of the place alive wow <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience yeah so that was get out of the place as quick as we can um, it was just mentally but we actually done alright over there but uh, unfortunately we lost at home we went out but it was a great experience I was only like I think I was only 18 at the time 17, 18 and wow yeah just being involved in that was brilliant I mean that was a good thing that Dungeon United you know playing at such a young age I, I got exposed to these sort of experiences these sort of games and, and it was it was just really good for learning as a young a young player as well you know but opened your eyes to a few things as well it was great it was a great time to be in the Scottish League as well. You must have had some banging Dundee derbies then as well. Yeah, brilliant derbies. I mean, I love that derby because it's it's purely football. Two teams on the same street, um, basically 100 yards up the road from each other. And just, you know, you've got your family members, you've got family members that are, not my family, but my wife's family. And some of them are Dundee, some of them are Dundee United. And then you've got guys that you know that are, and it's just, you know, boys want to go into their work on a Monday and and and, and have their bragging rights. And it's just yeah. a, but it's it's not like a, there's no real animosity in it. It's just purely football, ninety minutes, and it's it's wild and um, some really good some really good derbies. Yeah, you must be able to drink for free though whenever you're with a Dundee United fan because didn't you score a goal for Livingston that kept them up and relegated Dundee? I died. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to bring that up too much. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I'm still loving Dundee. So <laughs> I'm just across the river. I'll cut that. I promise. But no, it's um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a joke about it. That, that, that there was only time that the Dundee United fans were singing my name, and I wasn't even playing for them. But um, yeah, no, it's no. That that's how that's how much it means. Why like, that 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 was wild. That that. That was like four teams could have went down at the end of that season. We were one of them, Livingston. We had to get a result against Dundee and they managed to do it and I scored the goal. Um, but Dundee went down and it was, uh, yeah. You know what? It, the thing is, see both teams, they would rather each other, they were both in the same week because they get the derby see when they're not in yeah. the same. It's a big loss. It's a loss to the side. It's a loss to the fans. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you'd probably rather that both teams were playing each other three, four times a season and and, yeah. and, and they get full houses and that feels brilliant so yeah you do lose something if, if one of the teams isn't annoying What did you guys all think when Dundee signed in Canadia? There can't have been a bigger player that's ever played for Dundee than that Well it was it was unbelievable there was an Italian uh, manager it was the Benetti brothers they were manager assistant manager and they just started using their connections Canadia came in Ravinelli came in um Georgian and Zadzi, who was incredible, what a midfielder this guy was. I mean, we were sitting there going, what's going on here? They're <laughs> strolling about Dundee with their shades on and we are going... <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just made us want to beat them so much as well, you know. It was like, focused us and, and was like, probably even a bigger incentive if you ever needed one in a derby. Yeah. Because um, 
because they thought they were the best. They thought they were running the show, running the town at the time. Um, so basically, you were going up against these guys, and you always want to test yourself against the best players. That's why you enjoy playing against Rangers and Celtic so much. Mm. You, don't, you don't fear the, those games. You're not expected to win them anyway. So there's no really any pressure. You go there, even if it's Ibrox or Celtic Park, you go there and you go, listen, let's go and test yourselves against Gaza, Brian Wildrup, Henry Larson, Chris Sutton, whoever it is. And it's just, that's what you want to be playing against in front of 60,000 fans or whatever it is. Kind of, that's the pinnacle of what I played at, you know, because you never, I'd love to have been doing that every week, but obviously it wasn't good enough or whatever. To play against your teenagers and these guys, you want to test yourself against better players and these, these boys were playing at World Cups and Serie A and uh, so bring it on it was a, it was a case of yeah you, you lift your game um, so well thanks for joining us Craig I mean that's been an absolute great insight into not only a kit fanatic but a professional footballer so we, we've really I've really enjoyed that and I know Adrian will have as well yeah thanks very much I really enjoyed that. It's it's good to hear a perspective from first player that we've ever had on the, the pod, by the way, which I think is good. Hopefully a, a first of many. But no, it's really good to hear it from a player's perspective about what they think about kits, about training kits and so on. And, and if they think about it the same way as we do, because I suppose for them, it's workwear as well, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. And yeah, it came across that, you know, the training wears is important, if not more important sometimes, because that's what they're wearing every day. But but no, what a great guy and what a big kit fan as well. I think that shone through as well, didn't it, in the feature? Yeah, I think it's great. Like Mike said, great to hear from a, a pro's point of view, but it, it's just so good to hear that he's so into it as well. And for anyone that follows him on Twitter, you'll see that he's always getting involved and very much an active member of the community. So yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, next time you see him wearing an Italy shirt, don't challenge him that it's fake because it's got the badge missing, like somebody did on Twitter. It's because it's a match worn that he swapped in a game. Okay, um, just a little hint for anybody that does does try and follow him. Anyway, that wraps up this week's feature. Let's move on to shirt room one hundred and one. I give up. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyzer to the coach, come on. Shocking, I am. I am disgusted with it. Hi guys, I'd like to place Ike shirts, aka Venzia, Tupa old shirts, into room 101. As they're just a hype train, no one actually cares about the shirt itself or knows anything about the club, but hey, it's got a nice part. That was Cade, who is at Cade601 on Twitter. So basically, what what he's saying, because I had a little chat in the DMs with him before he sent me the voice note, is is about the AIK shirts, you know, all these anniversaries and box shirts that we keep getting. And what he feels is that they're essentially just hype. There's there's not a lot of substance to the shirts that, you know, it, people don't really care about the shirts. It's just the, 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 the all the guff around it that people get drawn in by. And I may as well go first. And as I'm speaking, I 100% agree with him. I, I think the shirts are okay. I don't think they're amazing. I think that last boxed one they did was probably the best part about it. But if your argument is it's worth it for the box alone, because I know that's what Scott's going to throw at me at some point, then that doesn't mean the shirt's good. It means it comes in a fancy box. So for me, I agree with him. I think there is more hype than substance to these AIK shirts. 
I'm going to sit on the fence for the moment, but what is really interesting is that you get, um, you know, all of us are collected for different amounts of times, but it is interesting. You get relatively um, recent collectors, which is great. They seem to jump on these um, ARK shirts really quickly as soon as they see them, like shiny objects, and it's a thing to jump behind when I do wonder if some of them sort of know who the team is and where the shirts come from and why they started. So, yeah, I think there definitely is an element of hype around these shirts for sure. I think building on that, People see them as investments, don't they? If you can get hold of one, especially even better if it's box limited. I mean, I just lauded that Barcelona one, but you can guarantee people are going to be buying that, not because they like the shirt, but because they see it as an investment that is going to skyrocket in a few years' time with the hope of potentially selling on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's hard to disagree that the AIK shirts in particular are a bit wrapped up in the hype because how many people would collect shirts from that club without that? I honestly think there is more hype about people hating them than there are about the actual shirts. Because, I I mean, I, I don't speak about them that much. I, I tweeted with them when I got them, and I yes, I do buy them. But, you know, I think there's I think there's more people that go on about Oh, what's the big deal with them? And I guarantee you every single person that says that doesn't own one. And I can also guarantee you that everybody that has said that that doesn't own one has fucking tried to own one. So I think half of the issue is they're pissed off that they don't have one. And yeah, they're also the, the element of there's the element of people that think that they're think that they're they're overhyped and but you know, there's lots of things that get overhyped. Just don't buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it. And leave people alone to buy them that do like them. You know, nobody's... I've seen a few I've seen a few comments from other Twitter community members that we won't mention that, that go on about leave the shirts for the fans. And I think that's one of the that's one of the worst arguments I've ever heard because if that's the case, then none of us should be buying any shirts. We should just buy the shirts of the teams that we support. And who you know, if people like buying box shirts, just let them buy the box shirts. They're not overpriced. You know, it's not like they're bringing out limited edition shirts that are five hundred quid. They're they're priced normally at market value. They're released. You know, they release a certain number to the club. They release a certain number outside of the club, and you can't order the club shirts inside of, I think, outside of Sweden. Right, most of them, it's only delivered to Sweden, especially not the UK. Um, so I I don't understand people's issues with them. So I think there's more hype about people hating them than there is about the hype that people like them. So so just to clarify before we make a decision here, is the is it's a thing that we're putting to one hundred and one the shirts because they're overhyped. So if we believe they're overhyped, they go in room one hundred and one, or what's the? So uh... I think Cade is essentially saying he he would put the shirts in along with the hype with them, because he thinks that the shirts are more hype than actual substance behind the shirt. I, th- I think his his argument is is more that the, I, I think from talking to him, what, what I get is everything that comes with it, all the, the madness that you get around it is what makes people want those shirts more yeah. than the shirt itself. Yeah. And, I like, and yeah. I like them. And I would, without wanting to sound like a hypocrite, I would have one. And would want one, especially that last one. But I do also agree the hype is mad. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Tom. I'm up for dumping the hype in the bin because it is nuts just how excited people get over them. Who 
had never heard of him a week before. Um, but the shirts themselves, I, I, I quite like. I, 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 like I, I think I'd. I think if it was up to me, I would put them in, including the shirts, just because Scott's blood pressure is going through the <laughs> roof right now. Yeah, he's shaking. And, and if if we all just if we all conspire now to put those in, <laughs> he is gonna go on a rage. <laughs> Don't pretend like that's not what happens every fucking week anyway. <laughs> but but even if you even if you speaking about the shirts without the hype, I agree that I, I agree with the hype and I can give you an, a practical example of the hype as well. But first of all, the shirts, the, they're actually very well thought out and they are proper anniversary shirts. Every shirt that comes out has a theme and the theme is directly related to the club. And the people that think that they're not linked to the club are obviously the people that don't know anything about AIK. But, I mean, all you have to do is do a little bit of research and read up on the theme of the shirt and you can see where the theme comes from. But they did. They, they were either to do with the foundation of the club or they were throwbacks to... One of them was a throwback to the first shirt they ever wore. You know, they're the, the, the Royal Club. That's what the really fancy blue and gold one was. It was a link to that because, obviously, Sweden have a royal family. But... I do agree with the hype, and I can prove this historically because I've been a football shirt collector for longer than 18 months. When I bought the 2018 anniversary shirt, there was no craziness, there was no madness. I just sauntered on to ProDirect, placed my order, and my shirt showed up. It's only since the whole COVID explosion that you know everybody goes over the top, and that's why you'll see that a lot of collectors don't actually have the 2018 shirt because he didn't collect shirts in 2018. Guys, so j- just just quickly, if we if, so if we go back to whether we would put it in or not, if we discount the fact that I privately messaged Adrian and Tom before this to see how much we could piss Scott off, <laughs> would would you put it in? You're not no. really imp- are you not really <laughs> impressed by how little I've not said a single swear word. No, no but the people the people listening can't see the color that you yeah, and Scott. Yeah. Yeah, you got light pink um, into Miami shirt behind you, and you are darker than that. So. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm also trying to be really polite and not just completely fucking go ballistic about people that constantly go on about not liking them, and it's just because they don't have one. Weirdly, that's the angriest yet the most restrained you've ever been since we started recording these. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, it's too late yeah. for that. Why start? Not yeah. Too late for that. <laughs> So um, I, 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 yeah, I understand the argument, but I wouldn't put them in a room, uh, in room one one because they're beautiful shirts. And on the explosion of shirt collecting, Scott, just bear in mind, if there wasn't that shirt collection explosion, you wouldn't be on a podcast talking. You'd be talking to yourself still. I do completely agree with Caves that the hype is mad, and I don't particularly like any kind of hype. But um, the shirts are great, and so are the boxes. So I wouldn't want to lose them. So a practical example of how shirt collecting has gone in the last couple of years can be deduced from these AIK shirts. So because I've been collecting them since they released their first anniversary shirt, which was in 2018, has anybody noticed how little of them are for sale? When, like, it's I think CFS have had one, and I, be- I believe if you're lucky, if you've seen maybe one or two on eBay, bear in mind because they only made 128. Um, times two because pro direct and direct from the club now you fast forward to the royal shirt again i think they only made 132 because it was 132 anniversary 
How many of them did you see immediately before they'd even been delivered on eBay for £500? Now, that is why I hate the hype. Because that, that, that is, I don't think there's any other physical proof that in 2018 it was shirt collectors that bought the shirts because they never come up for sale, which means people are keeping them because they're collectors, to the shirts now that the parasites wait on the websites, buy the shirts, and I've seen them, go, they're on there for 500-odd pounds, which is four t- almost five times the price of the shirt. So that is why I completely agree with Cade about the hype. I think that genuinely, I think that's a disgrace. That's a wonderful example, Scott, and um, very eloquently put. So congratulations. We've only had to record that six times. Um, Right. I think we are in agreement. Cade, sorry, we understand why you've nominated it. But unfortunately, we like the shirts too much to put them into Room 101. That's the first bit of bad news for you, Cade. The second bit of bad news is they've just signed another five-year contract with Mike. So uh, you've got a few more of them to come. Just just say I'd have put them in. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyze it till the cows come home. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it. Just want to say to everyone, thanks so much for listening, supporting the pod on the socials, on Spotify, 100 Club, as Mike said. But one more time before I go, higher powers taking a hold on me. Do I need a one dance? Hennessy in my hand? One more time before I go, thanks for all the support. Little Drake reference there. Does anyone like that? I, I have. I, I had no idea that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't know where it was going, mate. You're the next Eminem. That was fucking spectacular. Uh, I've never been more white, have I? That was the whitest thing that's ever happened. I think it's all over. It is now.